Welcome back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire, here at Hertz Farm Management in Geneseo, Illinois. And today we have got Krista Swanson with us from the University of Illinois. She is a research associate um, and is very involved in the, uh, the FarmDoc website. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, Krista. First of all, thanks for joining us. Um, and if you would, take a, a few minutes here and tell us a little bit about your background and, and what your role and responsibilities are there at the University of Illinois. Thanks for having me on. As you just said, I am a research associate in the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois. And I also work with the Gardner Agricultural Policy Program. So a lot of my job tasks involve looking at policy impacts on farm level income. I also do work on the farm economics end. I work closely with uh, several of the faculty members, per particularly those who are involved in that Gardner Ag Policy Program. Jonathan Coppice is the head of that program and Gary Schnicki and Nick Paulson. And so I work often with Gary Schnicki on the farm budgets, on FarmDoc. Okay, for anyone who's not familiar with FarmDoc, it's a really excellent resource that is put out through the University of Illinois and the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Economics. Each day there's a research, a short research article posted on a whole variety of topics. There are also a number of tools that farmers could use to help them make farm program decisions, crop insurance decisions, financial and budget management type of uh, decisions. So it's a really great resource. Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you for, for filling us in and, and kind of giving us your background there. And that's really your background fits in with exactly what we want to talk about today. And that is kind of the situation with uh you know, grain prices and rising input costs and, and really what we're how we're thinking this is going to impact profitability in 2022. So um, to start off with, let's just talk a little bit about grain prices. And, you know, we've, we've seen uh, we, we've seen some uh, some some pretty strong uh, commodity markets this year uh, starting to starting to maybe fade a little bit. Um, but but, you know, where is some of that coming from and, and what do we think the outlook is right now? Yeah, definitely strong commodity price movement, really going all the way back to kind of August of last year. We saw prices fall in 2020 when kind of when COVID hit. Um, we, we And early going all the way back to early 2020, I guess we had kind of seen those uh, commodity prices like corn and soybean prices start to pick up early in the year. You know, we had some positive news like the China, China phase one trade agreement and then COVID hit and and prices fell. Um, and then, like I said, in kind of the the last several months of 2020, prices started to pick pick up and we had a lot of momentum going into this year uh, as people started driving again. We saw gasoline and therefore ethanol use picking up. We had, um, you know, positive movements kind of on the trade front as well. Um, we've seen prices, yeah, flatten out and, and fall some throughout this year. Uh, we've had some, you know, just looks like it's a little hard to say what yields are going to be like this year. And, and even now that we've had some good progress in harvest, 
Um, seems like they're, they're sort of all over the place, but it still seems like there's that anticipation for solid yields across the nation um, collectively that prices seem to, you know, to be, to be in that down period, which this is kind of the normal time during harvest is, is normally um, in most years, you know, a depressed point in prices over the whole course of that year. What's and, uh, what's the outlook in China right now? Do you do we feel like we're going to continue to get uh, some some you know some support from from buying through China? Well, China is just a real wild card. Um, you just never know what what they're going to do. I mean, it it seems like that there's you know positive. They've been rebuilding their hog herd over the past year or two from from, you know, the, their hog herd being decimated uh, after the African swine fever hit uh, a few years ago. And so that's been really positive for demand for our grain and grain products for them. Um, hopefully that does continue. Uh, another issue we have with China kind of on the trade front, um, and this can kind of lead into a, a bit of a transition here to what this means in terms of inputs, but um, we've had kind of some slow, slow movements in in trade, whether that's products coming to us from China or our, our products getting there. Just, um, you know, we've seen a lot of backups, even though we've the, the economies have kind of picked up post uh, COVID or maybe not post. Maybe we're not in the really the post COVID period yet. But, you know, as the economies have picked back up, but yet we still see a lot of containers sitting at ports things are slow to come in. We also have an issue with China where um, just in late September, um, you know, they're, they're making changes in their production facilities to uh, reduce their power usage. Um, and that's a concern because a lot of our fertilizer comes from China. So on the, you know, on that end, when we when we're relying on products from them to produce our crops, uh, that's a bit of a concern. So I guess I don't have a good answer for you in thinking about them as a market for our products, particularly soybeans. Um, we hope that that uh, strong buying from them continues, but you kind of just, you never really know. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, let's talk about fertilizer a little bit. You know, markets, fertilizer prices have been extremely volatile uh, here here lately. Uh, like you said, supply chain issues, um, and, you know, in, in particular, I know lately we, you know, most recently we had the hurricane uh, down south. We lost some barges. Covers were blown off the of barges and, and product got wet. And, and uh, you know, there's just been a real bottleneck down there. Um, what, to, what, what are we thinking as far as fertilizer prices right now and, and, and how that's going to play out over the remainder of this fall and going into next year? Yeah, so... Um, like you mentioned, it's we have kind of these ongoing supply chain issues ever since COVID hit more than a year and a half ago. But we also have the hurricane and, and kind of that disrupting the movement of things and climate, like I mentioned, with their um, goals to decrease their power. Um, we have political issues. There's just all kinds of, of different things. It, there's a kind of the fertilizer industry is really plagued right now with with several different challenging situations. So um, as far as what that means in terms for price, we've, we've already seen a, a spike in price uh, throughout this year. 
like you mentioned, a lot of volatility in those prices. And, and I'm not really any expert on, on, you know, fertilizer to predict exactly where prices are going to go. You know, things that I've read have indicated that we could end up back at that record high price level of 2008. Um, and, you know, when I look at where we were in 2020 compared to 2008 prices for different fertilizers, I mean, that would be almost tripling from where we were last year. Um, and so that's definitely concerning to see that kind of a, if we were to see that kind of a movement in price just over, you know, a, a one year to 18 month period. Yeah, we've just seen locally. And I think it, you know, a lot of it boils down to some of the different retailers, uh, you know, whether or not, how, you know, how much product they had uh, bought and locked in ahead of time, whether they had freight locked in ahead of time. Um, you know, we're just seeing a wide, wide range in fertilizer prices and, and, uh, and, and fluctuating, you know, uh, daily, you know, huge leaps from, from one day to the next. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I, uh, I, I, I seem to remember reading about or hearing about, is, has there been some issues? Are we losing some, some mines uh, and quarries? Have we had some mines and quarries shut down here recently? I'm actually not up on that. Okay. I, like I said, didn't yeah. mean to put you on the spot there. No, I, that's all right. No, um, but I, I seem to remember hearing about that. I didn't know how that was really affecting the, the supply chain at this point. Uh, what, about, uh, what about chemicals and seed? Uh, what, what are you hearing there? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, chemicals, not to the same extent as, as fertilizer, it doesn't seem, but I'd say what I think kind of is concerning to farmers on the chemical end, um, is, you know, we've had some issues with some of that, some of the chemistry that, that goes along with certain seed products. Um, you know, we've had issues where, uh, government approval of those is, is being changed in the middle of a growing season. Um, we had that problem last year and, and so, uh, and kind of still waiting on the new administration's, um, EPA leadership to, to maybe see if they're going to make any changes in, in that realm. And so I think maybe not only price concerning on the chemical end, but also what is going to be available and approved for use and how does that play into what seed is needed um, and, and in general, just cost of all those inputs. Sure. Any supply chain issues in the chemistry uh, side of things right now? I know there were some, uh, I uh, I think was was hard to get hold of in particular uh, this past summer. Uh, I know there's been some some supply concerns there. What are you what are you hearing on the on the chemical side of things? Um, I'm not as familiar with that. I feel like there's not as much talk on that as we we see on that fertilizer end. Um, the other thing is, you know, some of those um, you know chemical products, like you mentioned. <laughs> what was happening this past summer. Um, so as we think about the supply chain, a lot of those are in demand, you know, in the summer months. So whereas we're fertilizers at the forefront of our minds right now, as we think about the 2022 crop, um, those chemicals aren't quite as, I shouldn't say less important to think about right now, but aren't as timely to think about right now. Um, so will we see some supply chain issues for the 2022 year um, in the chemical product line? 
Um, I'm not sure. I think that there's not quite as much focus on that right now um, because, you know, for the most part, those aren't used until later in the year. Okay. Let's segue from uh, some of the input costs. And, you know, I know the other thing that's, that's uh, really big on, on farmers' minds right now and, and really everybody in the industry is land costs. Um, you know, cash rents in particular, I think we're seeing and hearing that those are going up and expected to go up um, in some cases significantly for, for 2022. Um, what uh, those of you, you know, working with the farm doc budgets, what are you what are you hearing and, and predicting uh, as we go forward with cash rent negotiations? Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely something that's really important to farmers with that rented farmland. And I'm going to back up a notch and just um, first just highlight land values. So um, because because cash rents tend to be a function of, of land values and and of farm profitability as well. So, um, you know, USDA had a report out um, recently that showed over, you know, the whole country land values were up 8% in the past year. Um, some other sources indicate that in, you know, more specific regions in some parts of, of the Midwest, we're seeing up 20 percent and, you know, based on actual land sales that are happening. And, man, there was a land sale in Iowa in August that was over 22,000 an acre, um, which was higher than the 2012 high. Um, just, you know, kind of some mind boggling amounts being paid for farmland right now. And so that, you know, is, is partially going to be playing into cash rent levels. Like I said, farm profitability also playing into it. Um, one thing that's a bit concerning as we think about 2022 from the farmer perspective is, you know, 2021, we had this run up in market prices as we already covered, you know, inputs were, were, you know, moderate levels similar to the past few years. And so that left room for some for some nice profit margins for farmers. But as we look ahead to next year, um, we have, you know, commodity prices most likely seem to be going to be lower. Input costs definitely higher. Um, and those margin levels get get kind of tight. At the same time, we have landowners who might be looking at 2021 farm profitability as they want to set their 2022 rents. Um, and so that can cause a bit of a crunch on the farm budget side. Um, we are we are predicting in our in our August release of, of farm doc budgets, we were showing an increase in cash rents of about $15 an acre. Um, and that's quite a, a big jump compared to, you know, normally it kind of stays in a, a pretty tight range um over the past few years and so we are looking at a jump and jump in those rental levels yeah absolutely um and you know we're we're seeing that here within the industry and and again it, it's it's a little bit variable de depending on the, the the quality of the land depending on on uh you know a lot of the a lot of the attributes of the farm um and depending on where rent levels you know, are at currently, uh, but, but definitely seeing some, some fairly significant increases. And that is obviously one of the aspects of cash rent is that it does tend to lag the market. Uh, just, yep. just by definition, it lags the market by, by a year. And so, um, but yeah, with combined with everything else, it, it is definitely going to, uh, 
uh, impact profitability. So what, uh, what, what's kind of the outlook overall when we look at 2022 profitability and, and where do we think this is heading? Yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, our farm doc budgets, um, indicate that soybeans will be quite a bit more profitable than, um, corn for 2022 corn on cash rented land, um, is very close to, to break even. Um, and again, that's with, so, in these August update of the budgets, we did have fertilizer prices increasing and in maybe about 25%, um, which may be way too low. I mean, it's, I don't know, but um, as we kind of what we just talked about where you see some people predicting um, fertilizer prices back up to that 2008 level, um, you know, how does that translate into uh, our budgets? that number would be going up, which would mean that that, you know, uh, margin level would be that that net return would be going down. So um, that could could really change the outlook, uh, particularly for corn, just because it uses a higher rate of, of those fertilizer. And that seems to be that the major um, price driving uh, input, I guess, driver of, of increase in input costs right now. So. Um, Soybeans are looking to be, you know, quite a quite a bit less profitable than last year, but still maintaining a, a good margin for the farmer. Um, again, just as of those August budgets, which will continue to keep updating, um, you know, this yet this uh, year and into next year, as as we know more, those constantly um, continue to get updated. Okay, is there a so again, this is maybe this question's out of left field a little bit, but but you know the previously, you know historically when we have these huge, uh, you know nearly record runups in the in the commodity markets, you know within a w within a reasonable period of time, they you know they they drift back down and and you know we've seen corn recently four dollar again, um, you know now now we're we're quite a ways from that now. Um, but, but but what's your kind of what's your your thoughts or your outlook you know as we look at these commodity prices do you think we're going to see them drift back down to those historical levels again or or the, is this round of inflation that we're dealing with right now uh, is is that going to sort of provide us with maybe a new floor for for corn and soybeans? Um, it may. I mean, it's hard to say. And and what we're hearing, I mean, what we keep continue to hear from from the Fed is that this inflation is just transitory and kind of still just a result of the supply chain trying to get back to normal. Um, you know, and when I say supply chain, not just referring to the agricultural end, but, you know, kind of all products um, that were, you know, everything was kind of thrown out of kilter throughout the pandemic and, and we're still not really back to normal or even whatever might be the new normal. And so, you know, they continue to, to, to say that it's transitory, whether that is correct or not, um, is left to be debated, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to say what, if we're at a new low or not at a new low. Um, and I, there have, I want to say, I, I can't, sometimes I lose track of time, but I want to say that maybe, uh, Scott Irwin might've had an article in farm doc that, um, in the last month or so that 
went into more detail on, you know, the price, uh, and, uh, and he would be more qualified than me to, 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 you know, talk on that analysis too. Okay. Uh, so just, just one more topic here real quick. You know, we talked about land values earlier and, and, you know, the, 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 the farmland, uh, you know, the farm sale market has just been incredibly active this year. I mean, I don't know that we've anything like it, uh, for, for a long time. Um, you know, not only in terms of, of land values and, and, and what these sales are bringing per acre, but just the sheer number of farms being sold. Uh, obviously some of that's being driven by the, you know, the, the commodity market. Um, but there was also some uncertainty there for a while on whether or not this new administration was, was maybe going to be taking away some of the tax advantages, things like 1031 exchanges, uh, and things like that. What's, uh, it, it looks like maybe some of that uncertainty might've, might've eased a little bit. It looks like maybe the, the 1031, uh, uh, removal is is off the table uh, with the with the latest proposals, but where are we at with some of these uh, tax proposals, and and how might that be impacting the the farm markets? Farm yeah, markets. so that's a really good point. Um, so I personally am not confident enough to say that I uh, that anything's off the table at this point. Um, in in late September, the House Ways and Means Ways and Means Committee um, released you know, their, uh, proposal for the, that $3.5 trillion bill that we continue to hear about. It's a, it's a spending and taxation bill. And so they kind of release the details on what they want in the spending side and what they want on the taxation side. And, and of course, um, agriculture was, was very pleased to see that those, the limitations on 1031 exchanges and this new transfer tax um, that would change how uh, farmland is valued when it is transferred upon death. Um, we, you know, people might have heard a lot about this, the change in the step up in basis. Um, and that's what that's referring to. It was a new tax on, on farmland. Or it wasn't specific to farmland, but it would impact farmland transfers. Um, and so that was definitely concerning to agriculture. And, and as you kind of alluded to, that was not included in this uh, proposal from the House Ways and Means Committee. What's really important is that this is not the final version that's going to pass. So it, it has started to move its way through the House. Um, the Senate has not put out their um, companion piece, I guess you would call it. And there's still a lot of chatter about that transfer tax. Um, there seems to be some indication that it could end up. There was a, a opinion article in one of the major newspapers um, that kind of indicated that it could end up being a, a choice. So you could pay the tax and get the step up in basis, or you could um, alternatively not pay the tax and not get a step up in basis. Um, so it, there's a lot left to be seen of if that's going to be included in a final piece of legislation um, or how it might be actually worded in, in a final piece of legislation if something is included. So, but um, to the point about how is that influencing the farmland market, 
So the concern for this new transfer tax that has been talked about really going back to early in this year um, definitely could have sparked some people to make some sales, um, particularly if, you know, someone in inherited a farm and then, you know, maybe made that sale, um, you know, it, it could have caused some more movement in the farmland market than what would have otherwise occurred. I would say, though, that the initial proposals during this year um, were actually retroactive to the beginning of the year. Um, I think anything passed at this point in the year would likely be uh, either beginning uh, January 1st, 2022, or more likely effective as of the date um, that the legislation text was put out. We saw that some in that House Ways and Means Committee proposal, the change on capital gains tax, um, the long-term capital gains tax that was included in that proposal, what would have been effective as of the date that that proposal was released, um, kind of an effort to prevent this flood of of people trying to take advantage of the current law before it changes, so, so to speak. So I'm not sure if it had much of an impact just because that text that was out earlier in the year would have been retroactive to January 1st had it passed earlier in the year. Um, so that's kind of my take on all of that. Sure. Well, you know, uncertainty in the markets is, is never a good thing. And it seems like we've had a lot of that. Uh, over the over the last several years, and doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, definitely a lot of uncertainty. I think for the, for better or for worse, it seems like farmers are are pretty used to operating in a in a <laughs> in a world of uncertainty. So uh, it seems like it it certainly seems like we continue to get those curveballs thrown at us, uh, but. You know, I think I think farmers have have grown to be very resilient and um, continue to be. Yeah, I think I think you have to be a really good business person to you know to continue to 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 make it in farming. Um, you certainly have a lot of elements that you have to deal with. Absolutely. Well, anything uh, anything else on your mind that we didn't cover? Um, I think just, you know, the message for 2022, which we did cover, but to kind of reiterate, you know, it looks like on the expense side, we're going to have increases on the income side, you know, a little unpredictable at this point where prices will end up. And of course, unknown where yields will end up. And, and those two things can, you know, make a huge difference on, on the revenue side. Um, so just a good time to, you know, we say, I think we say this every single year um, in some way, shape or form, but, you know, always a good time to be diligent about your cash flow planning and budgeting for, for next year for those farmers uh, who may be listening. Um, good to maintain a, a solid relationship with your accountant and your lender and and have good financial statements, um, you know, a good source for your financial statements to to provide you that foundation as you're making those plans. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a lot of good resources there on the FarmDoc website to help with some of that budgeting and planning. Uh, a lot of good tools and resources there 
Uh, yes, definitely. And there's a lot, I, I don't think I said this earlier, but for anyone who isn't aware, there's, there's a numerous like Excel based tools that can be downloaded for free from the website that are, are really, uh, you know, provide a really great platform for, for doing a number of, you know, farm business type of tasks for, for farmers. Very good. Well, again, Krista, thank you for, uh, for taking the time to visit with us. A lot of good insight. And, uh, uh, you know, as I, it's always, it's always difficult when you start talking about looking ahead and, and trying to figure out where things are going. I've always joked with people, you know, from an agronomic point of view, just ask me in November, I'll tell you exactly what you should have done. And, yep. uh, it's, you know, obviously when we, when we think about these markets and, and the economic side of things, it's no different. Um, and, and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we continue to see support in, in these, uh, commodity prices and, uh, and we get some of these supply chain issues ironed out and, and we get back to a more so-called normal state of, uh, of business. Yep. That'd be, that'd be great for, for farmers, you know, managing all those uncertainties as we, we talked about. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, just kind of remind everyone a lot of equipment running up and down the roads now with harvest going on. So, so pay attention and have a little patience and, and be safe. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you.